0: Oh, can we just give Him praise for what He's already done in this place? Hallelujah. Come on, a moment in the presence of God can do you better than any hospital, can do you better than any psychiatrist, can do you better than any drink or drug. Just a moment in the presence of the Most High God can make broken homes mended. It can make diseases be healed. It can make everything better. In a moment, In the presence of God. Hallelujah. How many know you're right there, right now? We are in the presence of the Most High God. Amen? Amen. If you don't believe in God, I don't know what to tell you because God is in this place and there's no doubt in my mind that His divine hand is working in this service for somebody specific. God doesn't do what He's doing. Without a reason. I don't know who it is. I don't know what it's about. But I hope that somebody in this place will just let go. And let God do what that He wants to do in your life. Because He has something special for you tonight. Can we just lift our hands and lift our voices together. And shout with a voice of praise and triumph. And let God know we're ready. For what He has for us tonight. God, we love You. God, we appreciate You tonight, God. God, we're here here to magnify Your name and lift You up, God. We're here to receive the blessing that You have for us. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. It never ceases to amaze me when God does great things. Things that we can't do on our own. You see, when I... Started getting ready for service, actually, it was about a day or two ago, and then today finally was really putting some things together. Nobody knew my topic, and in fact, it wasn't until just before service that I even mentioned it to what I was talking about tonight to Christy. And then I come in and getting things ready, and we have to get the microphones just right, and we have to get the sound just right, and we have to get everything set up so that we have a great service. I, I start getting the songs from our our worship leaders who did just an amazing job of allowing God to do something great tonight. And as I go in through there, I just realized God has something special for us because he truly ordained this service. And all of you are going, what in the world are you talking about? Well, just wait, because God is going to do something great here tonight. In the book of John, chapter 8, we're going to read some very familiar verses of Scripture. It says, Jesus said unto those Jews that believed on him, If you continue in my word, you're my disciples indeed. And you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. But they answered him and said, we're of Abraham's seed. We are Israelites. We are from Abraham. And we have never been in bondage or we were never in bondage to any man. How can you say you will be made free? Amen. Jesus answered them and said, verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever committeth sin is the servant of the sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son of the the Son of God, Jesus Christ, abides forever. And if that Son, therefore, shall make you free, you will be free indeed. And for just a few moments tonight, I want to talk on the topic of a taste of freedom. Pastor, would you pray? Lord, we love you for this evening, God. We thank you, Lord, for your presence. Hallelujah, Jesus. Jesus. In the precious name of Jesus we pray. Can everyone say Amen? Amen. Before you're seated, look to someone near you and tell them, I need a taste of freedom. You may be seated. When I heard those songs, one after another, about our freedom, I realized that God has something special in store for us, and I don't know what it is yet. I'm 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 hooking up for the ride myself. But we have a taste of freedom. You see, we live in a country today that by all intents and purposes is free. We live in the freest nation in the entire world with all its warts and all of the, all of the uh, things that we like to complain about with our government and everything that goes along with it. Our country is literally the best country on the face of this planet. It is the freest in democracy, it is the freest in our markets, it is the freest in our laws and our worship and everything that we do, we are a free country. But when we say that and we we stand for that and we pledge and we love watching the fireworks on the 4th of July and we we do all these things, I, I wonder if we really understand what it means to be free. See, all of us today, none of us alive today, know what it's like to not be free. Even the oldest person in this room, and I'm not going to point fingers, because we know who it is, has always lived in a free country. Has always lived in a place that was the home of of the free, or the home of the brave in the land of the free. Ever since the Revolutionary War over 200 years ago, those blessed to be born or live in this great country only know what it's like to be free free from the rule of another country, free from the laws of another government, free to rule ourselves, free to make our own decisions. We don't really know what it's like. To be in bondage. We don't know what it's like to be under another's role. We have never experienced the oppressive role of another nation or government over ours. Sure, we've heard about it in history classes and and see how other countries even today are affected by, by not being free. But we've never actually experienced it for ourselves to be in bondage. To be ruled over. We are a free country. But even though we don't know what it's like, yet there's still something inside of us. There's still something within us that know that this freedom that we experience and that we live is worth fighting for. There is still something on the inside that says, I'm going to strive to retain it. There's still something that says I'm going to fight and even yes, die to preserve our freedom. Even though I've never experienced the alternative, I know that freedom is better. Why? Because once you've experienced freedom, there is no way you can ever return to a life of bondage. Once you get a taste of what freedom really is they're in what it's truly about there is no way that you can ever return to a life of servitude or bondage that's why when people were set free they said that i'm never going back that i'd rather die free than live a slave it is important to understand that freedom is powerful freedom is good and freedom is worth fighting for you see, that's what was going on in this opening scripture that I read in John chapter eight. Jesus is talking with the Jews, and he told them that they were in bondage, that they were servants, that they were not uh, 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 they were not free men or free women, and that they didn't. And they looked at him and they argued with him, and they said, "You know, Jesus, we are of Abraham's seed." In verse thirty-three, and we've never been in bondage. They said, what are you talking about? We're not. Now, I could argue with them on this. They were under Roman rule at the time. I mean, come on. Jesus could have just went down that path and said, wait a second. Who, who is sitting over there in the palace? Isn't that Herod, right? Isn't that, you know, don't, don't you have Caesar that you have to, uh, you know, you have to pay homage to? What do you mean? You don't, you're not. He didn't go down that path, though. But they're going, we are not in bondage. How can you say we can be made free? But Jesus looked at him and said, you know what? You can consider yourself free men all you want. But he says, if you commit a sin, you are a servant of sin. He didn't say you were simply a sinner. He didn't say you just made a mistake and, and all those things. He says, you are a servant to sin. You are in bondage to that sin. You are enslaved to that sin. Jesus said that you may not need freedom from man, but you are still not free. See, so many even today still think that slavery is only being enslaved by man. That bondage can only occur by other men or or other countries. But slavery and bondage is not a new concept, nor is it exclusive to the human race. Satan has been enslaving people to the bondage of sin since the beginning of time. It's not new. It's not novel. But it's something that the enemy has been using against God's people. He wants them bound. He wants them enslaved. He wants them to serve Him instead of serving God true. We are free. We don't need freedom from an oppressive regime but that doesn't mean we're completely free. That doesn't mean we're living that life abundantly. That doesn't mean that we're living that life that God wants us to live. We need to be free. If we're going to experience true freedom, we need to be free from sin. That's why you can go to these other countries where they're they're, they're, uh, smuggling in Bibles and they're smuggling in preachers and they go underground with these churches. They're in a repressive government. But they can sit there and sing, I'm free. I'm free because I know who Jesus is. I'm free. I'm free because I don't, I'm not a slave to sin. You see, freedom has nothing to do with politics. Freedom has nothing to do with a slave owner or a plantation. Freedom has everything to do with what God did on Calvary. If we're going to be free, You've got to be free from sin. See, sin binds us, it bonds us. And we are in bondage and a slave to sin. Whatever we do is in service to that sin. Think about when they when the Israelites were in bondage in Egypt. They couldn't rule themselves. They couldn't have their own rules. They couldn't worship the way they wanted to worship. They couldn't go into a tabernacle. They couldn't do any of the things that they wanted to do. Instead, everything they did revolved around what Pharaoh said. Where they lived was where Pharaoh told them to live. Where they worked was what Pharaoh told them to do. What they ate was what, provided, what was provided by Pharaoh. They were a servant to Pharaoh, they were a servant to Egypt. And similarly, we, when we are, are participating in sin, we are a servant to that sin. We can't worship the way we truly want to worship because of the guilt, because of the shame, because of the shackles that bind us. When we are a servant to that sin, we can't go where we want to go because that sin stops us. Because here within our hearts, I believe there's a desire to worship in the praise. And when we sin, it limits us and limits our ability. We can only do what that sin allows us to do. When we get up, it's that addiction. It's that mistake. It's that guilt. It's that thing that separates us from the relationship of God that we so desperately mean. Our money gets spent on it. Our time gets used up by it. Our character gets consumed about it. Whatever that sin is, we're bound by it. We're identified by it. We're a slave to it. It's our lives. You cannot tell me that a sin does not bind you. You cannot tell me that sin does not enslave you. Because sin will take you further than you ever dreamed possible. You're like... For the mic, but I would never do that. Until you get there, prisons are filled today with people who never thought they'd do what they did to land up the land there. Cemeteries are filled with the same kind of people. Sin will take you further than you've ever wanted to go. Why? Because it binds you. You're enslaved to it. It's your master. You're its servant. If we're going to have freedom, we have to get free from that sin. Because you see what happens. The moment you get a taste of that freedom. The moment that dark night breaks through and you see that glimpse of light the moment that you realize that i don't have to be this way anymore there is no turning back you see that's why people can come into a service like this and feel the presence of god like we felt and have a revelation that 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 he, what, what, who he is and what he can do for them and right here, right now, and that their lives can be changed. That's why they can come in here with their sin and their, and their disgust and their, and their ratted goes and, and, and everything else that you look at them and go, you are good for nothing. And they go, you know what? You're right. I'm not good for nothing, but I found somebody who still loves me. I found somebody who can help me. I found a place where I could just get a taste of that freedom and I know I can't go back. That's why we can say the things like your life will never be the same again. Once you experience that little taste of freedom we know that you can't go back. You can't look at it the same way. Your life looks differently than what you once thought it was. I can remember of of somebody I knew who was addicted to cigarettes. And they were smoking constantly and they were coming to church and they would and they would pray and they would go home and still smoke and, and, and they would just do this time and time again for years and years and years. And then one night they came to church and God just dealt with them uh, about smoking. And they're like, but God, I tried to quit. I can't quit. I know it's not doing good for my body. I know it's not something you want me to do. They went home that night and they said for the very first time, they smelled it. They smelled what everybody else smelled of the smoke. They went into their closet and actually smelled it on their clean clothes. They went into the room and for the first time, they saw the film on the walls of because they would where they would smoke. You're, you know, wait, wait, it's been there for they smoked for twenty, thirty years. It's been there for all. First time they ever saw it. First time they ever smelled it. Why? Because they came into the presence of God and they got a taste of what it was like without it. They got a taste of that freedom. They got a taste of it. And in a a moment, it wasn't, I quit cold turkey. It was desires gone. I don't need it anymore. I don't want it anymore. That sin disgusted me. It, It is something that when we get a taste of that freedom, your life will never be the same. A moment in the presence of God can change you for the rest of your life. Because I get a taste of freedom. I get a taste of what it would be like to be free from this addiction. I get a taste of what it, what it really would be like to have a, a freedom from this disease. I get a taste of what it would be like to be whole, to be clean, and to be free. We need to let freedom ring. As the song says, from the highest hilltop to the lowest valley. Why? Because freedom is Powerful Freedom is real. And freedom is from God. Amen. Look at what's going on right now in our world over with Ukraine. Just to give you a very brief history of what's going on over there. Uh, following World War I, they had a civil war. And, and in 1919, the Bolshevik Red Army came in and they took over. And they became, in 1922, they became one of the founding members of the Soviet Union. Some of you in the back don't remember that. I actually do kind of remember the Soviet Union. It was still around. They became one of the founding members of the Soviet Union, but still they were an independent country, even though they were ruled mostly by Soviets and Soviet uh, um, uh, conspirators, if you will. Then in 1932... Uh, A huge famine went through the land, largely brought on because of the Soviet policies and communism. Part part of the, and I'm going to read this wrong, but it's the Holodomor. It was a massive famine that wiped out about 6 to 8 million people within the Soviet Union. Probably didn't hear about that one in your history class, did you? They said out of that 6 to 8 million, about estimated 4 to 5 million people were from the Ukraine. 1939, Nazi Germany and Soviet Union invaded Poland, and they set up their militaries occupying Ukraine through 1944. But in 1944, a Ukrainian insurgent army fought for their independence, and in 1953, they became one of the founding members of the UN, a very big change. Through 1953 on through, we know about the Cold War and how the Soviets still maintained control by name or by proxy through their politicians. But the Ukraine finally became an independent country in 1991 following the fall of the Soviet Union. They became free. And for how many years now, they've been a free country until about eight years ago when Russia decided that they wanted Crimea. They went in and took that small piece. And then we know on February 24th of this year, Russia started its full-scale invasion of the independent country of Ukraine. Throughout their history, that piece of land has been fought for decided upon, ruled by several different uh, political uh, 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 theories and, and philosophies. But something happened in 1991 when they became an independent country. And then later, probably about 2015, 16, depending on who you talk to, really started accepting capitalism and democracy instead of just being a puppet government for the Russians. And the attitudes changed, and their livelihoods changed. They started realizing that maybe communism wasn't the right way to go. Maybe the oppressive government wasn't really what they needed. And now that they're going through a full-scale invasion, they they could do what they've always done and basically roll over and say, there's Main Street. They've done it many times in the past. When World War II happened, they became just another base. Throughout the Cold War, they allowed Russian politicians to set up shop. And even recently, into this century, yes, I mean the 20th century, or 21st century, they, had a, they overthrew their own government or ousted their, their leader. They voted him out. And where did he run to? He ran right back to Russia. So what Are they doing differently? What's their response to the full-scale invasion? If you've been watching the news at all, you know what they're doing. They will fight to the death. That's been their constant message. Men of all ages, what was it, from 18 to 70? Actually, I think it's younger than 18 if you really look into it. Are saying goodbye to their families. Saying goodbye to their homes. Sending them away and saying, I'm going to stay and I'm going to fight. Men and women from all walks of life, without any military training, without the proper weapons, without the things they need to take on, a global military superpower are laying their lives on the line. Why? Why? The simple answer is this. Because they want to remain free. They want freedom. They want freedom from the oppressive government. They don't want to be servants to a country and a government that's not their own. See what happened before. uh, Why it's so different from before to what it is now is they got the taste of freedom. They got what it was really like to stand on their own. They uh, they start to understand what it's really like to be out from underneath the Soviet rule. You see, now they've got people that are rising up that says, you know what? I don't remember the Soviet Union. All I remember is what it's like to be free. And I know that it's better than whatever they've got. I know I've got a taste and I'm going to defend it to the death. I'm not going to let it go. I'm not going to let it die. Why? Because freedom is that important. Freedom is real. Freedom is something that every person in this globe needs, desires and wants to have in their life. Look at the Israelites when they wandered in the desert. They they went through the desert until the old generation was passed except for two. Joshua and Caleb. And we know the story of where those two kind of burst onto the scene. It's, it's in the time when they are going to spy out the land of Canaan, the promised land. And they're going through the desert and, and they send ten spies in there. It's a ten. Did I get it right? Yeah. They send ten spies in, into the land and they all bring back the fruits of the land. The grapes being born by two. We see, they say there's, there's, there's houses and there's wells and there's all kinds of food. And, and then the bad news comes in. But they are giants and we are as grasshoppers in their eyes. We can't do it. Let's go back to Egypt. Let's go back to bondage. Let's go back to where it was that, that we got, uh, we were told what to do. We were, we were servants to them. We, we couldn't do anything we wanted to do. Let's go back to Egypt. You see, but then we had Joshua and Caleb who looked at it and said, Yeah, I see what you see. I see the fruit. I see the houses. I see the land that's good for planting. I even see the. Giants that you say. But their thoughts were a little different. They looked at it and said, but we are more than able to overtake them. You see, the others couldn't see past their bondage because that's all they knew. They couldn't see past their servanthood because they didn't realize that's how they've lived. That's how they grew up. That's what they were born into. They didn't realize that they could ever be free. And when they saw just a little bit of resistance, they said, that can't happen. I can't be free. Sorry, this is the way I'm built. This is the way I am. This is just what I like. This is just what I do. I I can't go any further. But Joshua and Caleb stood up and said, you know what? I see a better life. I, I see something better than what we have here I see a home I see a promise I see something I, I, I got a taste of that freedom and I want you to know there's nothing that's going to hold me back you see, those that lived so long in communism didn't realize that there was another way. That's how Russia won before. But now they're dealing with a people that don't remember the Soviet Union. They All they know is freedom. And they know they don't want bondage. And they'll fight for the death for it. These two, Joshua and Caleb, got a taste of freedom and they were changed. You see, they were brought up in the same servanthood. They were brought up in the bondage. They were born in Egypt. They were born in sin. But once they got a glimpse of the promised land they said my my mind is changed. My life is changed. It didn't matter that it was eight to two. It didn't matter how many people were against them. It didn't matter who said they couldn't do it. I'm sure their families were saying hey you just need to calm down a bit. You need to shut up a little bit. We can't go that way. You're going to sacrifice some things. Uh, Some things are going to get lost. He says, I don't care. I don't care if it's my family. I don't care it's my friends, I don't care it's my confidence. I see freedom, I see a promise, I got a taste of it and I can't, I can't I won't go back when you get that taste of freedom, your life will change forever you see he wants to set you free and here's the great thing Jesus is the only one that can truly set you free. He says the truth shall make you free. And here's the truth in Romans 8 and 1. It says now, therefore, it is no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death. What does that mean? Yeah. I was born in sin and shapen in iniquity. Yeah, I've done a lot of stupid things, a lot of bad things. I've messed up time and time again, and I'm sure it's not the last time I'll mess up. But I, what I do know and what the truth is, is that there's no condemnation. That God, Jesus Christ, has made me free. From that law of sin. Whose wages are death. But I can be made free. I don't mean free from a government. I don't mean free from a taskmaster. But I mean free in my life. Free from sin. Free from that bondage that the enemy has placed on me. Where my money goes. Where my time goes. Where my character goes. Where my family goes. I can be free from all of it. Through Jesus. You see, freedom is powerful, and when we get free from sin, we will never be the same. When you finally get that taste of freedom, you'll fight for it. You'll die for it. The Bible says, I will, my old man must die so that my new man can live. I am a new creature in Christ. The old man passed away, behold, all things become new. I will die for this freedom. If that's what it takes. Why? Because I'd rather die free than live in bondage. Can we stand tonight? You see, we can be free today. I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know what's holding you back. I don't know what sin or circumstance has you bound tonight. But I want you to understand that tonight you can be free. You seek God tonight with all your heart, mind, and soul, and you will get a taste of this freedom that we're talking about. And I guarantee your life will never be the same. You can be free today, and it doesn't take a revolution. It doesn't take a standing army, as that song said. Our weapons are not bombs and guns. It doesn't take a powerful ally with countries that have powerful militaries. What it takes is a willing heart. Is a willing spirit. 1 John says, If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. See, if we say we have no sin, we're only deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. And if the truth is not in us, then the truth will not make you free. We have to understand that we are sinners, that we are dealing with something. And in verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What's it take to taste that freedom? It takes a willingness of a person to simply say, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. It takes someone to say, I'm willing to repent. What does that mean? That means coming and saying, God, I'm sorry for what I've done wrong. God, I'm going to do my absolute best never to do it again. That's simple repentance. It takes a person willing to say, God, I'm willing to make a life choice for you that I'm going to live to the best of my ability through your law, to your word. God, I want to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. The Bible says it's for the remissions or the payment of my sin so it can be wiped away. then and then god will give you that gift of the holy ghost he will give you that that light that breaks through the darkness he will open that door to where you can step into that promised land and say you know what my life can never be the same again because that holy ghost yeah for those who live in bondage can be scary what can i do with my freedom But God calls it the comforter. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll lead you, I'll guide you to all truth and righteousness, and I will live in you and be with you. And you can taste that freedom. You see, you can be free tonight, you can get a taste of that freedom. You take that step. If you take that step tonight and you get a taste of that freedom and you walk through that door tonight, I guarantee you're going to look back and say, Why didn't I do this sooner? It was worth it all. Why didn't I come here sooner? Because that taste of freedom is so sweet. My life would never be the same. I wonder if we can just come around this altar tonight. Every one of us. We all have something in our lives that we need to be free from. We know somebody we can intercede for that needs some freedom in their lives. I know you can be free tonight. I know God's here wanting to make you free. It's up to you. Do You want that taste of freedom. Hallelujah.